We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. The song's on the screens tonight. This rarely ever happens, maybe a couple times a year, but tonight was that night. Trust me, and if you have your King James Version Bible, whether it's on your phone, electronic, uh, or paperback version, we're going to Second Chronicles, and uh, it's not real hard to find. It's right after First Chronicles, and uh, you'll find it right there. <laughs> you'll find it right there. Amen. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter twenty, and uh, I feel this. Very, very fresh on my heart. Savannah, Blake, love y'all. Y'all are my friends. I don't care what your mama says about you. Amen. Second Chronicles 20, and we're going to read three verses before we're seated. And thank you for standing so long, and I'll do my best to get right out of the way. Second Chronicles 21 through 3, it came to pass after this, and we'll talk about the this in a few moments. And and just before I go into the reading, just in case you're new to the Word or new to the Old Testament or don't recall, when we get to the name Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat is how it's spelled. That's the king of the Lord's people. All right? Some of y'all said, that don't have to be explained. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of folks that wouldn't know that until later, and so it matters now. So when we get to that name, just, just say this with me, Jehoshaphat. Is it the good guy? <laughs> Came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea. On this side, Syria, that means something. And behold, they be in Hazazan, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Are you ready? I want to talk to us for the next little bit about the unexpected battle. How many of you have ever made the statement about anything, I never saw it coming, or we didn't see this coming? That's what we're going to talk about tonight, the unexpected battle. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl. This place tonight, around this campus and other buildings, other rooms. Bless our youth. Bless our children. Those that are in nursery, kids, church, wherever they may be. Bless them. Put your hand upon them. Keep them. But Lord, I ask you for a special anointing in this place. The spoken word. And then let us hear it. Let us understand it. And let us respond to it. We'll give you all the praise and all the honor and glory. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. If you believe he's going to do it, say amen. And just go ahead and praise him like you are. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Thank you for your faithfulness on Wednesday evening. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Those of you that got to do something special, I hope you got some something sweet, and I hope you got some sugar if you're married. And uh, and and uh, see, that was kind of sneaky because y'all don't know what I meant by that. <laughs> Amen. I just hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Amen. The Lord is love. Amen. And so we celebrate that. Amen. I want to point out to you that. The enemies of the Lord in this passage are making a very strategic move. It's, it's, it's uncommon even to the enemy, this particular move. As, as you study the Bible, and the reason that I said that they came from this side of Syria, on this side of the sea, and that that mattered, was because that was not common. What that meant was, was by the time the people of God realized there was about to be war. The enemy was already beyond the normal fighting line and uh, went a different route to get there, and they have come up behind the children of God. And in this setting, uh, because of where they are at, the Bible tells us and shows us in both history and Bible concur, they were about 25 miles out. So they're less than a full day's journey. And it's not one army, it's not two armies, but it's at least three good armies with a lot of help on the side. And they have made their mind up. This time they're going to sneak up from behind Nobody's going to know they're coming. Nobody's going to hear them, see them, know about them, and they are going to come in and completely annihilate the children of God. They are going to come in unexpectedly. Oh, my. Now, we just read out of chapter 20, and if you were to flip back to two pages in most Bibles, I can actually get part of it or actually all of 18 on the same page as my chapter 20. But on the previous page, if you would uh, read about Jehoshaphat, the, the king of the Lord's people, you would discover that he started listening to the wrong voices in the world, the wrong people around him. And just two chapters before this chapter, he almost lost his life fighting in a battle he had no business dealing in. How many of you have ever been injured or almost killed fighting a battle that you shouldn't even been present for? You know, I think that's why uh, wisdom in the Bible tells us that he that uh, meddles in other people's business is like grabbing an angered dog by the ears. You just, you just, you just let stuff go, you know. You go grab a, a mad dog by the ear, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get bit. And so Jehoshaphat, just two chapters earlier, just in, in, in my Bible, on the same without flipping a page, right here has tried to take 
on a battle that he should not have taken on. He's lured in by voices that are not proper and in order in his world. They were not voices from his God. They were not people are ministering, uh, people ministering to him. And so I just want to tell you that just because people say sometimes, I'll tell you what I would do. A lot of times there's fixing to be trouble because every situation is not tailored the same. And you, you, you've heard people give all kinds of advice and there's been all kinds of books written on uh, happy marriages and happy health and, and, and you know, how to, how, to, how to get rich in a week. And I mean, there's all kinds of stuff and something worked for somebody. But that don't mean it'll work for you. You go give your money to the Nigerian prince that calls you once a month and he only needs 78000 to release that $5 million. Yeah, that's all he needs. <laughs> I seen a deal one time, and uh, it was talking about all the people that had been scammed. You know, they they say, "Well, we we just need a thousand dollars. There's some money. You had some relatives, uh, you know, in the last century that that owned a prime piece of property, and the government's trying to build on it. And if you can just take care of the back taxes on that property." We'll send you, and they send that first thousand. They go, well, we, we, we forgot about the filing fee. That's another $2,500. And Well, I'm a thousand in already. <laughs> you know, I'm fixing to get rich. Am I the only one that's ever? Before there was spam calls, I got those calls. And, uh, you know, somebody might have got rich one time. But I'm going to tell you something. All advice is not good advice. Only some advice is good advice. And so everything doesn't work for everybody. But I want us to just see this picture because two chapters before that, somebody said, I'll tell you what I'd do. And instead of the man that served God going to God, he listened to the wrong voices. And that misled him in such a way that he almost lost his life, almost ceased to exist as the king. And so I want us to get this picture. The enemy has set up what is going to be a surprise attack, and it is a surprise. They don't even have anybody looking that way. They don't even have anybody really protecting that way from any distance. They don't have any runners. They don't have the mail courier service set up that would come. They don't have spies that way because nobody's going to come all the way around the sea and be on this side of Syria and attack us from there. It's historic. You go read it. You go study into it. Take your little deep dive, and, and you'll discover this is not a common thing. And so here it is. Sister Ruth, good to see you. Bless you. Right in the middle of my message. Love you. Glad to see you. Been out sick. Glad you're here. And so they, they've come around, and all of a sudden, someone, because they're so close, has got the picture, we are about to be under attack. And I want to tell you, there's no such a thing as a fair fight of our mind. There are things that happen in the life of a saint of God. And if you always think that it's fair, you were mistaken from the beginning. If you always think you're going to have a warning about things that come, you were wrong. You were misled. Someone told you wrong. Because the enemy knows that there's no such a thing as a fair fight. He's already defeated. So the only way he can get a good job in is to cheat. 
There's no such a thing as an honest fight with someone whose native tongue is lies. Ooh. And so Jehoshaphat gets the word. We're, we're about to be under attack. And usually they've got a week. They've got a month. Matter of fact, sometimes kingdoms would send couriers back and forth. If you remember right, one of them, they sent a courier to get a message to him. They shaved his head and took off his clothes and sent him back naked. Said, we don't want to talk. This is what's coming to y'all. And so from time to time, they would say, okay, we're going to set war at daylight the first month. You, you'll read in various places the first day. You'd, you'd even read with the, the, the story of David and Goliath that there was a certain time each day. Battle was called back into action, and so it was. But this is different, and sometimes the enemy knows he cannot get you in a regular way that he tries, so he gets all of his cohorts and all of his buddies, and they try a new scheme. Something you never saw coming. We were praying about this, but never saw that. We were worried about this, but never dreamed. Listen to verse 3 one more time. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And look what he done. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Watch this, when, when, when Jehoshaphat realizes the inability to get his army together, to get them prepared, to get their knives sharpened, to get everybody in fresh gear. It's just been a little while now since their last battle. They're actually in retreat. They're actually in a place where they're trying to recoup and recover and get a little rest and, and let the wounds from the last battle heal. And here they are, and now all of a sudden they realize we're just a matter of hours, a day, 36 hours at the most at army moving speed. It, it, it's about to happen. This is about to go down. We're not ready. We're not prepared. The men are with their wives right now. They're with their children right now. We're not in war preparation. We're, we're in recovery mode. Hell loves to attack us when we're in recovery mode. You get out of one battle and it's like, before you can exhale, somebody says, they're already on this side of the sea. Such is the setting, there they are. And Jehoshaphat says, oh no, you know, what, what am I going to do? And so he begins to pray. But notice what he does. And I like this right here. He declares to all the land, he tells the couriers, you go tell everybody to send a text message to everybody on their contact list. Turn the fires off. Pour the food out on the ground. And start praying. Don't eat another bite. Don't go to another party. Don't be enjoined with anything else pleasurable. And at this moment, we're going to pray. I'll tell you something. When the enemy sneaks up on you, there's some things we just know is coming. I mean, there's just things. We wake up every day and we know generally what our challenges are going to be. But from time to time, he will sideswipe you. And you'll say, I never saw that coming. So what do we do when the battles that we are entangled in or about to enter into are totally unexpected? Jehoshaphat teaches us very well. He makes a proclamation as the king. He said, don't eat anything else and let's go to prayer. 
Folks, nothing can take the place of us giving ourselves fully and wholly to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. While we're in recovery and hell decides to get all of its friends and come and attack us, there's nothing in the world that does us better when our mind is under attack than to say, I'm not feeding you and I'm going straight to prayer because I have no other defenses. I want somebody to hear me right now. You you don't have time to read seven ways to take care of four armies. You don't have time to declare anything. You don't have time to go through a bunch of stuff and call in an evangelist and and people to to walk around the walls for seven days. And You don't have time to find somebody with a miracle working rod to to strike the water and, and things begin to change. We don't have time to wait on an axe head to swim or a blind eye to open or a drawn up hand to stretch out all we've got time to do is say I refuse to pleasure this body with another bite of food until Jesus Christ shows up on my scene I want to preach to some people you can't plan for an unexpected battle so what do you do when depression and fear and pain and sorrow and death visit your house you just go to the Lord and you say I am here I am yours I cannot win alone but through you oh somebody ought to work I feel the Holy Ghost somebody ought to worship him right now I dare somebody to worship him right now that's been trying to relax and all of a sudden hell come to you when things were looking like they were going to be okay. The phone rang again. Woo! I'll tell you something. There's an endorphin That's pleasure senses to your body. Pain pills cause them to come. Various benzos cause them to come. It makes you feel a certain way that takes the edge, one off of pain, one off of depression, or one off of uh, whatever. But they, they come. They, when, when, when you hug your wife real, real close and, and you say, I felt something, you really did. That was physical. Something moved through you. It was a pleasure sensation that your body was telling you that's comfortable. That feels right. It travels so fast throughout your body. I discovered something over the last couple of years just kind of trying to watch my weight. People eat a lot of times for comfort. They don't know what else to do. They get a little depressed or a little down or a little out and, 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 the, and it literally physically feels good. They can know that they're overeating. They can know they're taking in too much sugar. They, they can know that they're doing their body wrong. They can know that this, this little bit of pleasure is going to be worse in the end. They can know that, but still they're looking for that special feeling. It's that endorphin that moves through you and goes, ah, little Debbie. Ice cold milk, chips ahoy. And it makes the human body feel good. People that are uh, addicted to nicotine, they, they can be in a shakedown. 
All I got to do is pack the pack. Just pack the pack. And something goes. Because your body is physically telling you, I'm about to take care of this thing. That's why it's a hard habit to break. Doesn't matter what it is, whatever binds you, whatever comforts you, uh, this leads into the lust of the flesh. There's a deep message right here. It leads into the lust of the flesh about anything that can cause you to feel like you can get out of what you were battling and, and get into something else. And Jehoshaphat realized something. The men are with their wives. The men are with their children. The men are eating and rejoicing and recovering. Oh, I feel something right here about to break loose. And, and things are going good. And, and they're trying to recover from the battle that he just almost got them all killed in. Now all of a sudden, without a warning, without a trumpet, without an agreement, without a, hey, we'll face off against your army anytime you want to. Without any warning, all of a sudden, they're 25 miles away and moving already this side of the water. What do I do? There was enough of the modern day Holy Ghost inside of Jehoshaphat. There was enough of the Spirit of the Lord that he said, my God, what am I gonna do? And something hit him all of a sudden and he told everybody, don't please the flesh. Don't even eat another bite. We're fixing a sacrifice unto the Lord because this is a battle that we're not expecting and we gotta have somebody fight it for us. Woo! I want somebody to hear me right now. Whether you're pleasure smoking or pleasure chewing or pleasure dipping or pleasure drinking or pleasure eating or whatever it is, sometimes if you'll put all that stuff down and say, I'm tired of pleasing this flesh, I won't take in another bite until I hear a word from heaven. Oh, what a difference it could make. fully intended on teaching I promise and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court now, the next seven verses is a prayer. I want you to hear this prayer. Because this guy, he don't know what to do. It's going down. He can't stop it. His men aren't prepared. Some of them aren't even home. He's sending out messages. Quit eating and start praying. That's all he can do. Folks, sometimes all we can do is just stop our normal routine of life and just pray. You know, I, I, when I request prayer and, and, and people say prayer and they send them little praying hands up, I, I, I like that. At least I know they know and I trust that they're being honest with me. You know, and you're like, hey, man, we, look here. We got 225 people praying about this deal right now. Something's bound to break loose. But there's people that have just gotten so comfortable with emojis You know, they can do that in their sleep now. Prayers, 
prayers. Got you covered, prayers. If all that was true, I can promise you, if I ever say I'm going to pray for you, if I, if I just have to say, Lord, touch that family right now and get back to the business I'm in, if I tell you I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to send you some emoji that makes you feel good on the inside, but there's no power attached to it. I want to see to it that as quick as you see that emoji or that word that says we'll be praying for you and your family, that by then the Holy Ghost has already taken the reins. Listen to this prayer. He got everybody together in Jerusalem and said, this is verse 6 if you're following along, O Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? See these question marks. And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Verse 7, art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? It's a question. I've got a little ring here. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil, when evil, if when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit. Oh our God will thou not judge them for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us neither no we what to do but our eyes are upon thee and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones their wives and their children I want to tell you Jehoshaphat led us well when he said we don't know what else to do but to stand before you while all of hell is mounted up against us and they're closer than we can imagine and they've avoided detection and they're at our doorstep what do we do besides stand in your presence I want to tell some people right now that are hurting. I want to tell some people dealing with some things uh, of putting away but, but not excluding what's going on in some of our lives, having lost loved ones and such. For just a few moments, let me put that aside. There are some people in this place hurting so deeply over other situations and hurting so bad you don't know what to do. You were just about to take in a breath of comfort and you were just about to say, we just barely missed that one and all of a sudden it's like a Mack truck has hit you and here you are again on the front line the enemy snuck up on you it's an unexpected battle here's what you do Lord aren't you the one that died on a cross aren't you the one that saved me and delivered me aren't you the one that executes judgment upon your enemies aren't you that God 
Somebody ought to stand and praise him. You're standing on, you're standing on decision. You're straddling the line of what to do and where to go and what to say. I'll tell you what it's time to do. It's time to quit feeding the body. Time to quit pleasure in the body. Time to quit settling the body's issues and begin to please an all-powerful, almighty God. Did you hear 13? And all Judah, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They weren't ready for war. So what they could do is they could say, come on, son, come on, come on. Get your sister. Y'all come over here with your mama. What are we fixing to do, daddy? First of all, you put that McDonald's down. First of all, that Kentucky Fried Chicken. First of all, whatever it is you're eating, put it down. Why? Because we're not going to be pleasing the body tonight, children. We're not going to be pleasing. Me and Mama, we're not going to be pleasing the house tonight. But here's what we're fixing to do. We're fixing to remind the Lord whose we are and who he is. And oh, how much we love him. And the enemy has crept up on us now. And we don't have a plan for this one. You never need a plan as long as you know the name of the man. You don't have to have a plan for what's coming upon you when you've got the man. Somebody listen to me. You've been done wrong. You've been mistreated. You've been messed up. You've played the fool. You've been walked on. Your name's been tarnished. Whether any of it's true, right, or wrong, let me just remind you that you don't have to have a long-term plan. We serve a right now God, a God of immediately and at this moment God. We serve a God that's close as the mention of his name. If you can say Jesus, he'll be close. We thought we were in a good way. We thought things were going right. And out of nowhere. I was talking to somebody the other day, faithful. Faithful. They give in their offerings. They give to their building fund. They give to their tithing. They give in their tax returns. They give of their time. They give in their work. They give in their prayer. They support this church 100%, top to bottom. When they pray, they pray with us. When they worship, they worship with us. And while we're talking, I get a text message. I'm not talking about kids. I'm not talking about people. I'm, I'm talking about when life sneaks up on you. Robs you of your health. Robs you of your finances. And the cheater wins. And you try to figure it out. Come on. You know what the Lord's wanting? He's wanting us to say, You're the same God. Yeah, you're the same God. 
that two chapters ago when I listened to the wrong voice and somebody said, I'll tell you what I'd do. And I listened to the wrong words and I put a plan together. Almost cost the life of my men and myself and my family when, when I did that. But what am I doing this time? I'm listening to the right voice. I'm listening to the right name. I know what to do when I don't know what to do. tell you something many are the times that it's been the right time to just put everything else aside and go to prayer I'm hungry go to prayer I just need some rest. I just say, go to prayer. I need to just keep laying here. It's comfortable. It's warm. Get up. Go to prayer. Get up. Talk to the Lord. Get up. Change what's going on in your environment. Because what you don't realize is the enemy didn't just come in with one wave of help. But he's got two waves and three waves and four. You're not going to fend him off by yourself. You're going to have to refuse the body and call on the name. And just notice that this happens to the people of Judah. This happens to the praisers. Their very name means that. I started thinking about it. What happens when praisers get real hungry? What happens? They do what it takes to get to the next meal. What is that? Defeat what's between them and the next meal. How do I do that? I go to the Lord in prayer until he just begins to wipe the slate clean one more time and say, here's you another fresh start. Here's you another recovery. Here's you another Another deep breath. Here's another good night's sleep. Come on, somebody help me. All I need is five minutes. Somebody help me praise him right now because it's all you've got. You don't have a plan for the bankruptcy you're facing. You don't have a plan for the incurable disease you're facing. You don't have a plan for what's going on in your family. You never saw it coming. But just as quick as you know it's coming... Over the next few days, there's going to be a lot of what ifs and how come and why and when and where. And I promise you, if we could see eternity's picture of how life begins to be put together, we'd never question again. But I promise you, in our human state, we cannot understand the plans of a perfect God. It's why he, he looked at the best of us, the, the, the saved of you, and said, dumb. Dumb, just like a sheep being led to the slaughterhouse. Dumb. Don't have a clue. Peter says to him, well, Lord, we're going to just build three temples up here. and It'll never happen. I'll fight. I'll go with you all the way to the grave. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You don't even, you don't even like the taste of church. That's what he told him. He said, you don't even savor the things of God. You, you don't even enjoy the taste of it. Well, what do he mean by that? Remember, the joyful taste sends an endorphin. He said, Peter, you don't even understand what you're tasting. 
You don't even realize I gotta go to the cross. For you to be saved, I gotta make it. You're messed up enough walking with me. I gotta go die. Somebody listen to me right now. You don't have a plan. And you don't have a plan. But there's always the plan. It's always in place. And it says, if you'll humble yourself and pray. Turn from your wicked ways. Seek my face. Then, then I will hear from heaven. Then... I will save your land. I will save your children. I will save your sons and your daughters. I'll save your field. I'll bless you coming and I'll bless you going. Our very first plan always has to be deny the flesh and tap into the spirit world. Every time. I don't know what to do, Pastor. I don't either. But I can tell you what to do when you don't know what to do. Well, he really done me wrong this time. Pray. She, pray. But you don't understand. Pray. Give me a good word, Pastor. Pray. Tell me something. I need a prophetic utterance. If you will pray, he will hear. There's your prophecy. If you will pray, I promise you, he will hear. And he will respond accordingly. I prayed and he didn't answer. Well, it wasn't time for an answer. We prayed for this and got that. That's because you didn't need this. An answered prayer sometime is a closed door, not just an open door. Sometime an answered prayer says no. Sometime, whoa. Sometime God's perfect will is exactly what I'm praying to get rid of. There's two reasons y'all hadn't won the lottery. And the first one I pray is because you hadn't played. And the second one is because he knows you'd fail him. You came in in a financial crisis and he's had to keep you on the edge of one to keep you praying. Come on. His connection with you is more important to him than you being rich. He'd rather us be on the edge of hungry, ready for heaven, than to be fat and sassy and never need to talk to him. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. You know what that lets me know? Every warrior, every warrior who his first instinct was to fight. Where's my sharpening rock? Where are all the smiths? We need the smiths in here. That's the ones that build weapons and sharpen them. And they work with fire and they, they weld. They're, 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 they're the people that build army tanks and missile defense systems. They're the, they're the modern day smiths. Where's the smith? We don't have time to call any smiths. We don't even have time to get fire that hot. You're talking about a day to get us up to bending metal heat. Come on. We need something now, right now. 
And they stood there with their wives. Some of them still sewn up from the last fight. Some of them still bleeding. Some of them still battling issues. Some of them with broke arms and legs and ripped off toes and missing a finger and still got an arrow hole in them from two chapters earlier. Their flesh would say, just collapse right here and say, come on, God, I ain't ready for this. And he said, you get your wife. You get your children. You pull them together and you say, babies, today daddy don't have time to get dressed for a battle today I can't get with my platoon so today for this unexpected battle this warrior is going to pray on his knees he's going to fight on his knees he's going to war face in the floor all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones their wives and their children here's the beautiful part of this passage let me just go ahead and skip down to it 2 Chronicles 20 and 17 the Lord speaks oh I like it when he speaks ye All y'all just got snuck up on. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Woo! Set yourself. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. Heaven has confirmed that hell will be at your house tomorrow. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to just walk out there and take me a theater seat to what heaven's about to do because Judah is first choir 76,000 strong choir and the bugler went out that's 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 not the it's not the sound to draw our weapons. That's, that's not the sound to pull back a bow. That's the sound to, to, to take our war plates off and put our praise garment on. What's the deal? Hell snuck up on our blind side in the night and God says, sing a song. what did they do the Lord said get you a front row seat because when this battle's over nobody in this army will be bleeding nobody will be reeling nobody will need a doctor nor a nurse nobody will need to be praying over one another because what you're fixing to get to see is when you drop the ball 
two chapters ago under somebody else's advice what I can do with that same defeated army right here, right now and never draw back an arrow. You know what some of us need to do in our life? We need to, de- we need to deny that physical good feeling long enough to get a hold of that spiritual realm that goes beyond what this old flesh can even endure. It's why the Bible said he's got to make us new creatures because he said he can't put new wine in an old skin. He gets ready to fill you with that new wine of the Holy Ghost and gets ready to restore you and put you back together and give you the joy before you lost that battle, before you went through that tragedy, before something happened that you could not imagine coming your way. I'm fixing to make a statement understanding that God is completely in control of life and death. Trust me, I'll speak for my family right now. Satan did not sneak up. If he did, while you were at your worst, you'd already be done. Nobody would be in this room. We'd all be in a devil's hell if he had the ability to kill you. He didn't sneak up on my Uncle Jerry's Sunday night, Monday morning. That didn't happen. He didn't sneak up on any of my other loved ones, but I'm going to tell you what the enemy would have us think. We're sitting here praying just six months ago. He and Brenda said goodbye to Brittany. We weren't expecting that. That was a broad side of life. Bam! Pain that almost drove people to a nervous breakdown. Right when the reports are starting to change and things are about to get better from the last situation. When the call came, Brother Carl, I was expecting something different. I was expecting a different report about a different person. And it just went, my head spun around about four or five times. And I said, do what? And it's right then that the enemy likes to sneak in there and say, I got you this time. The fact is, he knows he don't have the power to take our breath. He's a liar. That lying tongues, what's going to send him to hell forever? While my Uncle Jerry and everybody you lost that makes it, he's going to walk on streets of gold. Because hell don't have, we don't understand God's plan sometimes. So it's at those times. Hey, I wish somebody, I wish somebody right now has been broadside in your life would get out of your comfort zone. Singers are coming and you just begin to praise God. I don't feel like it. That's why you ought to. I'd rather do something different. That's why you ought not do something different. But I feel, but that's why you ought to praise Him. It might not bring back what you lost, but it'll bring a peace that passes understanding. And a blessing that'll never fade away. And the Bible said they gathered all around people just like you and I that only knew to praise and worship. You can get into the song just as quick as you can. 
All they knew to do was praise and worship. That's all we know to do sometimes. Some folks are in that situation tonight. You can't change what a judge says. You can't change what a court says. You can't change what a judgment says. You can't change what the bank says. You can't change the layoff. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can bow a knee because every flesh has a certain amount of pride. You can bow a prideful knee or you can lift up prideful hands and a prideful voice. You can say, Lord, aren't you the one that forgave me and wrote my name in the Lamb's book? I just came to tell you, I love you, I worship you, I praise you. And the Bible said that those armies turned on one another and they defeated themselves. Not one praiser had to take his praise garment off and put his war boots on. Some of you ought to just lift your hand. I dare you, I challenge you to lift up your voice. I challenge you right now to lift your voice in praise and thanksgiving.